This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Hey backpackers, this is Bird Shooter, and tonight I speak with Will Callahan, aka Iron Will. He started the Appalachian Trail in February this year at 17 years old, and is the youngest thru-hiker that I've interviewed on the podcast. In the show, Will tells us about how he dreamed of the AT since age 10, how he got the time off from school, about hiking with his family, and what it's like being a teenage thru-hiker on the Appalachian Trail. Spoiler alert, major injury interrupted his thru-hike this year, but Will still managed to finish on September 5th after hiking southbound from Hanover, New Hampshire to Parisburg, Virginia. So on the podcast, Will also offers us a perspective as a Sobo hiker, and after the thru-hiking mass is cleared out, he talks about his solo time on the trail. So here's a show. All right, this is Bird Shooter, and I'd like to welcome Iron Will to the show. He is officially the youngest thru-hiker that I've interviewed, starting at age 17 on the Appalachian Trail, and we have a lot to talk about today. Will recently completed his hike on the AT and is calling in from Chatsworth, near one of my favorite stomping grounds in North Georgia, the Cohutta Wilderness. Will, welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be here. Hey, so Will, tell me, um, for the record, I have interviewed a 13-year-old before, but you're the youngest thru-hiker that I've interviewed to date. Um, just kind of curious, you know, you're up there in North Georgia, right there at the Cohutta. When did, when did you take your first backpacking trip? Uh, I took my first backpacking trip about two months before I started the trail. Oh, really? Interesting. So, yep. uh, which is not uncommon. I'm sure you met a lot of... Uh, through hikers that did not have an extensive backpacking resume is that is that accurate uh a lot of people yeah but they usually had more experience than i did on backpacking trips okay gotcha well you know and you're you, i think you said you started when you were 17 too so you haven't had as much time as maybe some others to get out there um where, where'd yeah. you where'd you take your first overnight was it up in north georgia uh it was on the approach trail of the at oh, okay you picked a hard one to start out on, actually. Um, yeah. th- did you end up hiking uh, the approach trail when you threw hiked, or did you go straight to Springer? Uh, we went straight to Springer. We did the approach trail early, so we didn't do it before Springer. Yeah, that's a, the approach trail is not easy, as I'm sure you found out. Now, when, when you did the approach trail to yeah. kind of warm up for the AT, were you solo, or did you did you go with your brother on that one? Uh, me, my dad, and my brother. Oh, okay, I gotcha. And is your, I take it your brother's an older brother, or is he a younger one? He is my older brother. I gotcha. How, how many years between the two of you? Technically, it'd be a year where the Irish twins. Okay, I gotcha. That works. Um, so I'm just curious, like, now that you have all this backpacking experience, how, how are things different? Have you been out over, on an overnight since you got back from, from the AT? Not an overnight, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. When, now, I think when you reached out to me originally, you said you had been thinking about doing the AT from an early age. Like, how far did it go back, and what originally got it in your mind? Uh, my dad told me stories about 
him and his dad picking up an AT hiker and taking him to the start of the trail got me started on thinking about it. And then I started buying my gear at about 11 years old, 12 <laughs> years old. Okay. And it changes a lot in uh, seven or eight years, too. Did you end up, you probably ended up replacing some stuff, huh? Uh, no, I bought everything the size I would need it early on, so that way I wouldn't have to replace it when it came time to start the trail. Okay. All right. So you were saving up from the beginning. Um, now, uh, now that you finished it, I'm just curious, how was it, how was the Appalachian trail like you thought it would be and how was it totally different? Uh, mental wise, it was exactly like I thought it would be. It's hard on your mind, stressful, painful. And then on the trail, physical wise, I was a little disappointed because of how everyone made it out to be. Yeah, you're you're a bit younger though. Your body can probably bounce back uh, a lot quicker than some of the uh, other folks you met out there. W- when did you start? Were you like uh, the spring start, March start? Started February sixteenth. Oh, that's right. Okay, you started really early. So you must have had some snow then. Uh, if you started in February, is that true? Uh, we had snow, rain, and ice. One night it hit negative fifteen in the mountains. Wow, and that's in Georgia, right? Yeah. Yeah, now it seems like a lot of through hikers are starting earlier now. So were the were the shelters fairly crowded? Were you still running into a lot of people with a, a February start? There was, there was only one night we had a shelter completely packed out. It was a four person shelter, and we had only sixteen people packed in there. Okay, so so for the most part, the early start in February, the shelters were not super crowded. It sounds like, huh? No. Okay. Well, that's nice. That, it's only the really cold nights when they get crowded. Yeah, yeah, well, that makes sense. Was your uh, I know your dad was with you for the Georgia section. Was he wasn't tempted to go further? Uh, I actually did his dream while hiking the AT. He wanted to go further, but he had to go back to work for the railroad. I got you. Well, that's how it is. Got to pay the bills one way or another. Um, and then we yeah. were, we were talking about this earlier, but your brother um, he also hiked the trail with you. And do you want to explain, yeah. like, you know, were you guys together the whole time, I guess is what I should ask you. Uh, we weren't together the whole time when I hurt my leg, but most of the time when we were hiking day to day, when we were both on trail, we were together almost every day. Okay. Do you want to talk about your injury and how that uh, that sort of changed your your hike? Yeah, I made it to... the. 15 miles from Damascus, I tripped and rolled down a small hill and broke my right femur right above the knee. And then I hiked uh, 150 miles to Parisburg, Virginia, at Woods Hole Hostel. And I had to get off trail there. And at that point, I was really thinking about getting back on the trail. And then I realized that I had the chance to go back and I felt that I needed to take it because it would just be shameful for me to have two chances when people don't even get one chance to go on the AC. Yeah, now, did your brother keep going during that time, or did he just get off the trail with you? He kept going, actually. He thought about getting off the trail with me, but my brother, he originally didn't want to hike the AT. As Tom went, got closer to hiking it, at the last month, he just bought all his gear and jumped on it with me. 
Okay. So I told him that if he ever quit the trail, I'd be so pissed <laughs> that he couldn't come home. All right. So, so let's talk about hiking with family though, because, um, you know, being on the trail is, is, you know, is stressful enough as it is, but, um, you know, can you just comment on how hiking with family adds to the experience, but it also, it also makes it more challenging, right? I mean, can you comment on that? Um, we did fight a lot. It does make it more challenging, but also makes it easier because you have someone who gets your personality and who you really are. It's like the strangers on the trail, they're so worried about themselves or like what other people think. They don't understand what you really feel. Yeah, that's a good point. So hiking with a brother is like we fought all the time. At one point I was yelling at him like a Griswold from the vacation movie. Right. That That's what I was, that basically he would – purposely get on my nerves sometimes and that's what it looked like yeah well in all fairness you're gonna have a shorter fuse with family members and when you're in a stressful situation oh, even yeah. more so right <laughs> so that's understandable yeah, we, we had some wonderful times on fighting and arguing in the end i think i had more fun with him than with anyone really yeah i mean if just to put it out there when i threw hiked which was admittedly 25 years ago but i hiked with two brothers from wisconsin one was 18 the other was 21 and they um they did hike almost the entire trail together there might have been some sections where you know one was ahead or behind the other one but um i think it was within maybe two or three years after they finished the trail the younger brother who was 18 at the time he hiked uh, died he, he got cancer and died and um I, I know having had the opportunity to hike with his brother on the at has become super meaningful to him since right so um you know yeah. i guess uh, the lesson there is uh, cherish the memories while you got them because you never know what life can bring you you know but yeah. uh, did, did you meet any younger thru-hikers on the trail this year? I know um, there has been, historically, um, some very young hikers on. I, I take it you were probably not the youngest at 17, right? Uh, I was the youngest for until March the 25th. Okay. I was the youngest person on trail, and then a six-year-old got on the trail. Oh, okay. And That's I actually met that six-year-old coming southbound. Okay, I got you. You were probably the youngest through hiker though that was um, not hiking with their parents the whole way. I'm sure. This, as far as I know, I was. Yeah, I would imagine the six year old had parents with him. In my experience, yeah. there's a lot of twenty somethings on the AT, and obviously people that are fifty or older because they've got the time. Maybe they hit retirement early yeah. or something. Um, what What is it like hiking with them as a teenager? Right, because. You know, you're a little uh, younger than that 20s crowd. You're a lot younger than the 50s, 60s crowd. Um, I mean, can you comment on that? Uh, hiking with a 50 and 6-year-old crowd is that they understood when I would try to say something about the weather's going to happen in Georgia. It's like they knew, uh, knew what I was talking about at the time because they had the experience to know, like, he's right, this weather is changing rapidly. We got to pay attention to it versus the young people there dead set on their weather made or their radar or whatever they're using, which in Georgia sometimes doesn't work as good as it should. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you do, I think, you know, the younger folks do rely on technology a lot and sometimes weather has its own mind. So that's something I never thought about. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah. if, if the AT was like I would expect it to be, I know there's a lot of partying 
you know, with maybe the 20 somethings. I mean, how did that, how did that work for you? Right. I mean, obviously you're younger. Um, I mean, were you able to kind of fit in with that social scene? Was it, um, I chose to kind of do my own thing because I would do 20 miles a day. I would be exhausted. Yeah. Well, that's understandable. Um, do you have any advice for a teenage through hiker? Stick to yourself. Don't, like enjoy being with other people but don't get involved in he said or she said or if they think you're actually through hiking or not don't let that bother you okay and and so if you're well you started at 17 i think you finished at 18 how did you um how'd you get five to six months off and not miss school or did you just graduate early i was homeschooled so i was able to do all my work fast enough to graduate early Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, okay, so so essentially you didn't make the AT like a, a project for school then. You were already graduated by the by the time that you hit the trail. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. um, you. You obviously have friends, I'm sure, you know, where you're from. Do kids your age really appreciate what, what you've done, what you've accomplished? When, when, you, when you tell someone no. that you've through hiked the trail? What's, what's, the typical, what's the typical reaction you get? why did you do it like why would you even bother with that it's just a waste of time most of the time is what they'll say okay or they think i'm stupid for wanting to do it because they think it's an impossible thing yeah um so so on that topic um what like how do you usually respond when they when when they i guess when they give you that sort of attitude like how do you respond to them I normally just say why not or just felt like it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. That's normally how I go about it. Try to keep my cool. Cause... Right. I mean, you you know, one advantage I see being younger though is you know you've got age and fitness on your side. Um, I mean, do you feel like that gave you a huge huge advantage, especially you know versus maybe the thirty and up crowd when you were hiking? In some scenarios, but I met one fifty-year-old who was doing forty-mile days. Wow. Okay. So it's like someone were doing twenties, fifteens. It's like it varies on the person, more or less, and based on what they did before the trail and how healthy habits they kept up before the trail and stuff. Yeah, I would agree. There's definitely some fit folks out there uh even above 50 if they're taking care of themselves um, i would imagine though the majority of people that were 50 or older you probably blew past them on the trail right um yeah some majority i would go past them yeah okay i could see that um i mean did being 17 did you feel did you did, i mean there had to be times where you didn't feel like you got the respect you deserved for being out there i mean is, is that fair yeah. to say all the time really okay <laughs> i felt that all the time yeah okay. people would look down on me and assume i didn't know what i was talking about a lot of times okay there was a group that didn't heed our warnings in the smokies actually uh a group of people had to be rescued we told them the snowstorm was coming up mm-hmm. and they looked at the radar and it said it was clear and once again they went in the only reason why they made it off the mountain was because a ranger managed to come up there to check on people or see if anyone was there needing medical help or anything. Okay. If it wasn't for that, they would have been stuck in it. 
Yeah, I mean, so you're you're 100 right. You can completely underestimate the mountains in Georgia and North Carolina on weather. I mean, because it can change rapidly yeah. and, and it can completely be different than what is being forecasted. Um, it was was this your first time in the Smokies, or I know they're pretty close to you. You'd probably been uh, before. I grew up going to the Smokies and camping there all the time out of a tent and stuff, but I never done like real hunting or hiking in the Smokies. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But um, I could understand why you'd have a good feel for how you can't completely rely on your cell phone to tell you what kind of weather's coming. Um, yeah. You know, another question I had for you. So you get injured, you know, you end up essentially becoming a flip flopper um, at some point in your hike. And so now you're a southbounder. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to ask you too, because you obviously, you know, being one of the youngest ones out there, you, you know, you had that to deal with, but then you're now going southbound and do you feel there's a stigma between a northbounder and a southbounder? Because it, it seems like um, there is. Uh, there really is. When I prepared for the trail, I would watch videos, and they would com- northbounders complain about southbounders, and flip-flops complain about north and southbounders, and southbounders complain about the flip-floppers and the northbounders. Yeah. And coming southbound really opened my eye i had six different cases where someone would tell me there's trail magic and there would never be trail magic or like i they point towards a house and tell me they're giving out trail magic i'd go up there and they tell me no no trail magic really interesting none of that was going on in my era and you were southbound from hanover to parisburg virginia right yes that would have been the second of july was when i came down okay Okay, so you started going from Hanover to Parisburg on July 2nd. Yes. Okay, I got you. All right, so you were still in the heat of the northbound thru-hikers. Um, I just yeah. just want to call out quickly, too, that Dartmouth College in Hanover, I think I spent three days there back in the day. They let us stay in the fraternity houses and had a wonderful time there. And then oh, you, wow. you, you mentioned that Parisburg is, I think Woods Hole is essentially where you where you uh, got off, but I, I understand they're from Marietta, Georgia, which is right near me. So um, that is a great stop. Two great stops actually on the front end and the back end of your southbound trip. Um, was, was it, was it a huge transition for you going from northbound to southbound? Um, it was a little bit of transition because the shoulders are designed for you to go northbound. So coming southbound, they're awkwardly spaced out, kind of. You either do more miles than you want to or less miles than you want to. Okay. To get to a shelter. That was one of the most awkward spots. Okay. And when did you finish up in uh, Woods Hole? Let's see. September the 5th. Okay, that's where I got the September 5th date. Okay. So from July 2nd to September 5th, you were headed southbound. Um, now I would imagine, yeah. I would imagine most of Virginia, if you were, I guess you're talking what August and September, um, you know, most of the northbound pack is gone. Did you find that, uh, you were alone a lot? You had a lot more solitude. I had about, uh, two weeks, uh, without seeing anyone. Okay. Was that kind of cool or was it sort of, uh, you kind of miss seeing people? It was. It was awesome until I had to spend the night with a bear. Oh, okay. Do you want to tell that story? Uh, let's see. I was at the Iron Mansion. Pennsylvania? And I was sleeping on their front deck. Okay. And basically, the Iron Mansion was closed, and I just ate my ice cream. And this bear started going through the garbage. 
Well, I heard the noise. I was hoping it was a raccoon. Got up to investigate, and then I see the eyes, brown nose, and the ears, and that's all I could see. I told him, you stay there, and I'll stay over here. And sure enough, he'll, he stayed about 10 yards from me, and then he started licking an ice cream bucket and pushed it towards me without knowing it. And I smacked the wall, and he looks at me. He's like, oh, you're still here. Picks up his ice cream and then walks off in the other direction and starts eating again. Hmm. Interesting. Now, this is in Pennsylvania, right? Is this the uh, youth hostel the, that you're referring to? Uh, yeah, where the half-gallon challenge is. Okay, I got you. I know where you're talking about. Um, and was your brother with you at the time, or was this one of those moments when you were on This your... was with me going southbound. Okay, so your brother was with you the whole time going southbound from Parisburg to, uh, or from Hanover to Parisburg. No, he, I tried convincing him to do it southbound with me, but he decided to get off trail once he saw me Katahdin. Okay. So I was by myself the whole southbound. I got you. But I just want to call it out that your brother did do the whole trail for uh, this. Yeah. You just didn't do exactly the trail at the same time in the same place. Yes. Gotcha. I jumped up to him in Hanover, New Hampshire, and hiked to Katahdin with him. Okay. I gotcha. And the time we finished would have been about two months apart in reality. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, did, did you end up as a result, were you solo very often, like all by yourself? Uh, most of the time going southbound. Yes. Okay. That's, that's what I would have expected. And did, did you guys have a chance to make it to trail days this year in Damascus? Uh, no. <laughs> I gotcha. Do you want to go to trail March days? It was the 25th was in Damascus. Oh, so you guys were way ahead of that. Okay. I get, well, that makes sense with a February yeah. start. Um, you think you're going to try to catch it next year? Uh, I've been thinking about it. I might go if I can. Yeah, I found it. I hadn't been for a number of years. I really enjoyed it, actually. Um, So just to kind of ask you some sort of, um, we'll call it greatest hits from the AT. What, what was the uh, what, what was one of your most memorable moments out there this year? Uh, My brother going just jump, Will, when we were on a giant sheet rock going down the watts. And as soon as he said that, his foot slipped out of under him, and he slid down and almost wiped me out, and he went all the way to the bottom. And this is what state? And the whites, I can't remember what state. Uh, Vermont, I'm thinking, or right at Vermont. Because okay. as soon as you go in on the whites. So you probably just had you had some rain, it was super slick, and he just lost his footing? Is that yeah. uh, Okay. I can see where that would happen. So that being said, was there a point on the trail where you, um, you know, a, a, what was your lowest point in your entire hike? Well, probably when you broke your leg, right? Uh, right in there, yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, my lowest point would have been right as I broke my leg because I was on the edge of hypothermia. Oh, okay, gotcha. Now, how'd you get out if you, uh, with with the break? Were you... I walked. So you had to walk on it. Yeah, I uh, I didn't just, like, I walked the last mile from where I broke it through the road, and then I walked 15 miles to Damascus, and then I walked 150 from Damascus to Parisburg because we thought I just sprained my leg. I got you. So you that ke- whole time. You basically kept walking on it, not realizing it, it you had a break. Yes. And so it was, well, you probably must have had a hairline break, obviously, right? Or uh, or you wouldn't have been able to walk uh, on it. All the way through. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Wow. Okay. 
So you must have been yeah. in a lot of pain during that time, right? Uh, for the first two days, I was completely numbed because the day I broke it, I was on the edge of hypothermia. And then the other days, I just was so cold I couldn't feel it walking normally. Now, wh why did you wait so long to get it checked out? Uh, at first, it wasn't bothering me, and then we were hoping that it was just runner's knee or a sprained knee, maybe a torn Damascus or discus, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the last two nights, I finally got to where I couldn't sleep for how much pain I was in. So we walked all night and all day to get to Woods Hole Hostel. I got you. That's where you got off and got it checked out there, huh? Yeah. yeah interesting. Went and got an x-ray, couldn't find nothing. So I had to come home for MRIs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. Um, so yeah, that being said, what, what were some of the high, high moments for you on the hike? The whites would definitely been one of my high moments for the beauty and just how it felt being there. And then Maine. Yeah, I love those two states. I was just, I think I told you um, when we had swapped some emails uh, in the last week, I just got back from Maine, had actually done the section from um, through West Cary Pond, Pierce Pond, and also uh, to the Kennebec River, if you remember that. But we swung through the Whites on the uh, way back to the airport and spent half a day. So uh, love the Whites. Awesome. Were you able to um, get a work for stay in the huts there as a through hiker? Almost all of them until we got to the Lake of Clouds hut. And okay. then the lady refused to give us work for stay. Yeah, well, they have the dungeon there, right? So they let you stay. Do they let you stay for underneath the shelter or underneath the hut? They charge $5 for the dungeon. Yeah, yeah, right. So that makes sense. Um, did, did you have some bad weather through the whites? Because you can get some nasty weather when you're there. Uh yeah, my, my dad refused to tell my mom this. Uh, a couple actually froze to death on top of Mount Washington the day before we went on it. And this was uh, this was what month? Uh, let's see. June the 8th was when I got back on the trail. So somewhere around June or okay. right after June. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't shock me. You can get some nasty weather there in June. Um, but speaking of the whites, I mean, you think that that... that had some of the best scenery that you had on the trail or were there other spots that you really liked? Uh, it was one of the best scenery to me, honestly, because it's something I haven't seen before the Georgia and North Carolina section. I've seen a lot of it. So, okay. Gotcha. Just not seeing something new. Yep. Yep. No, that makes sense. Um, you know, we had talked earlier and, and briefly mentioned your injury there. Um, you know, I, I didn't really ask you about hitching. Did you, were you, did you hitchhike much or it sounded like that you just walked the road uh, instead of hitching? I actually walk, I actually hitchhike a lot quite often when I need, whenever I just wanted something like a cheeseburger, I would hitchhike 10 miles into town just to get the burger. <laughs> yeah. Understandable. And I, I saw on your uh, Instagram page, you obviously do a lot of fishing. Did you, uh, I mean, you probably didn't do any when you were through hiking though, huh? Uh, I, I did do some, I didn't have many hooks to use. So a lot of times I had to improvise. All right. So you carried some gear though with you to, to go fishing. Uh, after a guy gave me some fishing gear, as trail magic. Yes. Okay. All right. What, what was, uh, what was the best trail magic you had on the hike? 
The best trail magic came from someone we hiked with in the beginning, known as Slim Jim. He met me in Pennsylvania at the 501 shelter. Yep. And he bought me a hotel room, fed me two or three meals, and then let me do laundry, get showers, resupply. Awesome. And wait, is the 501 the one that's got the skylight? I remember it in Pennsylvania. Yeah, uh, I think so. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's the one with the giant hole in the roof with the skylight. Yes, I remember, man, after all these years. So, so Will, to ask you some closing questions, are you headed to college this, uh, well, I guess we're already into the fall. So, you know, what are you up to now? What's your plan over the course of the next year? Is, is uh, college in your future? Like, tell, tell us what you're up to. I'm working on becoming a lineman to work on power line stuff like that and possibly going to hike the CDT or the PCT. All right, that was my next question for you. Are you going to take some time off, uh, before you hit those other trails, or are you gonna? You think you're gonna do it while you got the time? I'm trying to make up my mind if I want to do CDT now or later, but I'm thinking about it. So the, the Continental Divide Trail is uh, what you mean by CDT. You're thinking that you would do the yes. CDT before you do the Pacific Crest Trail. Yes. Okay. I'm thinking so. Okay. Interesting. What is there any international? Uh, international trips that you're uh, kind of kicking around or you think you're going to stay in the U.S. on your next one? I'm thinking I'm going to finish the major trails in the U.S. before I start going off anywhere else. Yeah, okay. That's understandable. Here before I look for something new. Yeah, there's plenty to see here for sure. Um, of, of all the things you took with you on your through hike, what, uh, what piece of gear did you find most valuable? My paracord. Oh, okay. All right. What What did you find it useful for, other than probably hanging your food in trees? Uh, I actually never hung my bear bags except for one time. Oh yeah. Okay. But I use my paracord to stitch stuff up. The finer string on the inside. Uh, I used it to pull my tent stakes whenever I'd push them too far in the ground. Pull them out of the ground. Uh, Use it to repair whatever I needed. Use it to make handles on coffee mugs. Um, just about anything I needed, the paracord provided in a way. Well, well, and to call out the hanging food in, in a tree, right? I mean, there are a lot of the shelters have wire cables now. In some cases, there's bear boxes. So um, I'm guessing that's why you didn't probably really need the need to hang your food that uh, much. I actually just slept with my food most of the time. No, oh, did you? Is that is that is that pretty common now with through hikers? No, very uncommon. Uh, a guy kept moving my food and just leaving it out on the ground one night, and I was on the other side of the shelter away from him. I had to tell him if he messed with my food and a bear took it, I would ha he'd have to give me his food, and he finally left it alone. Okay, interesting. So it, it sounds like were, were some of the guys having fun with you, you think, just because you were younger? Uh, a lot of people actually left shelters because I would be near the shelter with my food. They would tell me that they weren't going to sleep near me because of my food because they were afraid that just because the food's on the ground, the bear's going to smell it easier, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely more bears on the trail now than when I went through. So I understand yeah. the fear. But, um, but it sounds like, it sounds like being young out there it had its challenges though, with just, uh, with, with maybe some of the pranksters. Is that fair to say? 
Uh, I never really had any, yeah, probably with the people about the child magic, I would consider pranksters, but I never really had anyone pulling pranks on me, really. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Well, going back to the gear discussion, though, um, was there anything that you took on the trail that you realized that it was completely not worth the time or the wait, and you very quickly shipped it back? That would have been my rubber ducky, but I kept carrying those all the way. Okay. But you got, is there a story behind that? Uh, I saw a machine one day that you could win a rubber duck at, and I decided to play it, and I just kept carrying the rubber duck the whole way through. All right. Were you one of those hikers that picked a stone up, uh, like a pebble up at, at Springer Mountain and carried it the whole way, or is that still a thing? Uh, I didn't do that, but I did carry someone else's stone where they passed away and their wife was wanting their uh, stone carried the whole way. Okay. I did carry one of them. Okay. Did you leave it on Katahdin or did you leave it where you finished? I put it on Katahdin. Okay. Because that's awesome. where his hike was ending. Awesome. And my hike was ending in Virginia. Now, is that still a thing? Or a hiker still carrying the pebble from uh, Springer to Katahdin or vice versa? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I, no one told me about it, and I never really thought about that. Okay. Interesting. It was definitely a thing, uh, you know, back in my day. I was just curious if it still was. Um, yeah. Any closing advice to kind of prospective hikers on uh, planning and doing a through hike? Do your research on it, and don't let people make you think it's going to be this big, bad, horrible thing, or it's going to be too easy. It's your own challenge in your own way. Okay. And what uh, what websites, uh, what materials did you find particularly helpful as you were planning? Uh, most of my materials came off of YouTube from Darwin on the Trail and Dixie. Okay. For the people I watched those. So you were more uh, getting your information from YouTube and less from like a whiteblaze.net or like a, a through hiker handbook then, huh? Yeah, I would watch people on YouTube and if they made it on the whole way through the trail, I would take a bit and piece from them and mix it with other stuff. Gotcha. Now, did you use the Gut Hook app at all for uh, finding your um, way? At, at first, I didn't use it, but as time went on, I fell in love with Gut Hook. Yeah, you know, I just used it for the first time on this last main trip and uh, agreed. Very helpful, without a doubt. Um, so on the advice topic, though, do you have any advice to teenagers that would maybe be planning a through hike? Because uh, obviously you're in a different situation than maybe somebody that'd be 20-plus. When people don't take you serious, don't let them bother you. Just do your own thing. And always remember it can get worse. So don't expect it to be the worst. Okay. And I guess in the same regard, it can get better too, right? Yep. Yeah. So when it's as best, it can get better. And when it's as worst, it can get worse. Do you, um, is there a, uh, an Instagram, a Facebook or a Twitter page that people can kind of follow you as maybe you go on to the CDT or the PCT or even see some photos of your uh, AT hike? Uh, yeah, my Instagram is HY. N-R-E underscore iron and underscore will. Okay. Cool. And uh, you have it sounds like you've posted, I, I saw some of your AT picks. Are you going to put more up there or are you, uh, is that a work in progress? Uh, it's a work in progress because I've been going through and 
having to get rid of some bad ones and edit some of them to make them look right and stuff. But as soon as I get done with them, I'll be posting more on there. Okay, sounds good. Well, Will, it's good to get a perspective from a um, a teenager on a through hike. You're the first one that I've had a chance to talk with, so uh, really appreciate uh, you being on the show. I appreciate your willingness to come down here to come to the studio for a show. Unfortunately, my Sunday didn't play out like I thought it would. So, um, you know, thanks for being flexible and doing it mobile. But uh, you know, hopefully, we'll have a chance to meet sometime and. You you can yeah. you can be sure that I will be stomping through Kohutta sometime in the next twelve months. What a great place that is up yeah, there by you. You ever up here? Hit me up and we'll go for a hike. Yeah, sounds good, man. Thank you for listening to the Into Backpacking podcast. This is your host, Bird Shooter, wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to this show, visit iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And give us a thumbs up or a positive comment while you're there. You can also download shows directly from intobackpacking.com. Just click the podcast tab on the main menu. Music for this show was provided by Jarrus under a Creative Commons license and is titled Hillbilly Anarchy. This show is a production of Into Backpacking and is copyrighted by Into Ventures Inc. For more information on this podcast or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at intobackpacking.com. That's the letter N, the number two, backpacking.com.